You're listening to a message from Gateway Church Geelong. We hope it blesses you. For more information about Gateway, visit gc.org.au. Ready to come around the word this morning. Okay, are you at the table or are you at hiding? Are you at the table this morning or are you in hiding is the title of my message this morning. You know, one of the most striking qualities about the way King David lived was that he was a man who chased after God's own heart. He pursued God with all of his heart and he held nothing back. He was fully present with God and gave all of himself. And Paul talks about this in Acts chapter 13 about what God says about David. And this is God's words here. I searched the land and I found this David. He's a man whose heart beats to my heart. A man who will do all my will and carry out my program fully. David had an incredible relationship with God. And through this relationship with God, I think that we can see so evidently that David learnt that God was his protection. Listen to the words of David. The Lord is my shepherd. He's going to feed me. He's going to guide my life and shield me. I shall not lack. David talks about that he found rest in God. He leads me beside the still and the restful waters. David said he refreshes and he restores my life. And he said, in God, your presence, it shall be my dwelling place. David had an incredible relationship with God. And I want to show you in this story, in this scripture, that it illustrates his heart for people that were right in front of him, that David was fully engaged in the moment. And this story comes from the book of Samuel and David has just become king. In 2 Samuel 9, it says this, One one day David asked, Is there anyone left of Saul's family? You see, King Saul had died. David is the king now. Is there anyone left of Saul's family? If so, I'd like to show him some kindness in honour of Jonathan. Jonathan was King Saul's son and David and Jonathan had an incredible relationship and bond that God brought these two men together and they were friends. It happened that a servant from Saul's household named Ziba was there. They called him into David's presence and the king asked him, are you Ziba? Yes, sir, he replied. The king asked, is there anyone left? from the family of Saul, to whom I can show some godly kindness. Ziba told the king, yes, there is Jonathan's son, but he is lame in both feet. Where is he? David said. David said to Ziba, where is the son of Jonathan? Where was he? He was hiding and for very good reason. You see, David is now king. And it was customary in those days for the king of a new dynasty to completely massacre anyone connected with the prior dynasty. 
Why? Because of threat, because of takeover of the throne. And Mephibosheth, Jonathan's son, had a right to the throne. But he was hiding out of fear. But thanks to Ziba the servant and his big mouth was no longer an option. Mephibosheth was the son of Jonathan and the grandson of King Saul. He was no stranger to the palace. But when there is a change of king, cultural law becomes set in motion. So when the palace knew that there'd been a new king appointed in David, everyone ran. Anybody who was associated to the family ran and in her haste, His well-meaning nurse dropped Mephibosheth as a young boy. Because of that fall, Mephibosheth grew up crippled in both feet, lame. Mephibosheth had been in hiding from a small child and now he'd grown to a man. It says in 2 Samuel 9, 4, Where is he? King David asked. The servant Ziba said, he's living at the home of Makar, son of Amil in Lodibar. It says, King David, verse 5, didn't lose a minute. He sent and got him from the home of Makar, son of Amil in Lodibar. You see, King David had taken over a kingdom, yet with all the affairs he could have seen to, his first priority was to Mephibosheth to show godly kindness. When Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came before David, he bowed deeply, abasing himself, honouring David. And David spoke his name, Mephibosheth, King David, ruler, over a kingdom in this moment, fully engaged with a single hurting person, fully present in the moment and calls him by name, Mephibosheth. Yes, sir, don't be frightened, said David. Don't be frightened. He's been hiding since he was a little boy to standing here now as an adult in front of a new king. And this moment is fraught with uncertainty. And so for us today, how do we function in an atmosphere of uncertainty? When times become uncertain, what is it that we do? How is it that we will respond in times of uncertainty? You see, anytime something is new, There is an adjustment, a transition period for all of us. And there is always what seems like discomfort, even when the new can be better. Functioning in an atmosphere of uncertainty, we can make two choices to either move forward, to take the opportunity for the new, or to step back to what we know and remain hidden. For our own lives, what choice do we make? For our own seasons in time, what choices do we make when we're in places of uncertainty? Do we move forward or do we stay back in hiding in what we know? I remember several years ago, and we'd just been invited to Adelaide back for one of our dear friend's wedding. And and I remember thinking at this time like, oh, an invitation to go back. Oh, a social scene. Oh, how am I going to do that? How am I going to manage that socially? 
because I didn't have a lot of confidence to be able to go into social situations. So for me, it was a space of uncertainty. And I had this choice, am I going to move forward or am I going to retreat and stay in hiding of what's comfortable and what I know? And I remember looking at this invitation and literally agonising over it. Am I going to move forward or am I going to stay and be comfortable? And Lee, my husband at the time said, hey, I've got you, you can come. And he was showing me such godly kindness to know that you're not going to be alone. You're not going to be in that space by yourself. I'm going to be there right next to your side. I had my parents at the time said, well, look after your children, go and have a great time. The conditions were so right, but in my head, the conditions were so wrong. Our heads can trap us down in that place of uncertainty. And instead of wanting to move forward, it seems like we're restricted to move back and stay in the same place, even though people are wanting to show you godly kindness. And so I made the choice to stay behind I made the choice to retreat and hide and let the place of uncertainty become my ground. For us today, what do you feel like in your places of uncertainty? Do you move forward? Do you want to remain in hiding? So stuck, I couldn't even see the kindness that was being extended to me. For this time in my life, I chose to step back, remain in hiding and today regret not taking the opportunity to be present and to be engaged, resisting the godly kindness that was being extended to my life. But thankfully, there is always good news. Thankfully, we can grow because we have a Saviour and a hope and a wonderful guide in our lives that says your story is not over. You're just in the middle of it. It's okay. Jesus is guiding us. Church, Jesus is protecting us. He's restoring us and He refreshed my soul. So when an opportunity came again, I tentatively took a step forward to come out of hiding, even though it was fraught with uncertainty, even though there were feelings that were overwhelming of fear. My story is a couple of, maybe last year when I was at uni, still at uni, going to be there for the next century of my life. I'll get out one day. Um, And uh, usually I'm in tutorials that have up to 1,200 people. So you have every opportunity to hide, to say nothing and not to get involved and just to be a spectator. And so it actually changed because I'm going through the Indigenous section of uni and the tutorials looked a little bit smaller. In this tutorial that I went to, there was not 1,200 people. There was one and that person was me. And I'm like, oh my goodness, how do I get around this? How do I hide? And I'm like... I don't want to do this. This is just too much of a place of uncertainty. And then I just thought, Naomi, come on, girl. You can do this. You're going to have to make a decision here. Are you going to retreat or are you going to step into the best opportunity of your life? It may be a place of uncertainty, but you don't know what God wants to do yet. When you're in places of uncertainty, let me encourage you, step 
in because you don't have all the answers yet. You don't know what God's gonna do yet. But step in and watch and see what God can do in your life. When you have Him leading you, when you have Him protecting you, when you have Him guiding and directing you. So I took the step and I came all in. And let me tell you, with my tutor that that took this, I have never learnt so much because I didn't have a choice to hide. I had to step into the moment. I had to start coming with some answers. I had to start thinking differently. And it pushed me in a space that being in a tutorial of 1,200 people could never, ever done. Places of uncertainty are an opportunity for God to show you something that you didn't know He could do, to show you something you didn't even know that was in you, it's time to come out of hiding. David's words, don't be frightened. God wants to show you His kindness. He is looking. My friends this morning, church, He is looking to show you kindness. His goodness to you can become fully present in the moment to receive what it is that He wants to give you. And for David in this moment, he goes against the principle of revenge and against the principle of self-preservation and asks what could he do for the family of his enemy? And he says these miraculous life-giving words to Mephibosheth, to Samuel 9-7. Mephibosheth, I'd like to do something special for you in the memory of your father, Jonathan. To begin with, I'm returning to you all the properties of your grandfather's soul. Furthermore, from now on, you'll take all your meals at my table. Not only providing for him in this moment, but restoring him day by day at the table in moments that are fraught with uncertainty. If we will just look up from where we are and realise what God is wanting to put into our hands, it is not just something that He puts into your hands and you can walk away. This is a continual daily process where He invites you to sit at His table and shows you everything that you can have, nine, eight, shuffling and stammering. Mephibosheth is not looking at King David in the eye. Mephibosheth said, who am I that you would pay attention to a stray dog like me? King David had an undivided attention in the moment. And he stops and gives Mephibosheth one of the greatest gifts you can give, his attention and his love. I want to be like that. In those moments that you see as opportunities that God is putting right in front of you. I want to have a heart like King David that came from God himself to have undivided attention. But unfortunately... I'm not always like that. But for some time, I've been asking God to make me to be more sensitive, to be fully engaged, having an undivided attention, to be fully present to whatever is in front of me. Why? That I may show God's kindness. That the opportunities of a broken world, of broken hearts and broken minds, God, give us as the church to show godly kindness to each other and those around us. 
you know, at home I have these pictures of my kids. They come up on my TV and all different spots of their house and there's all these photos of when they're younger and digging in the dirt with their trucks and sliding down the slippery dip, jumping on the trampoline that as both parents you had to madly put up the night before Christmas so that they could be surprised. Pictures of them sleeping in the, sleeping in the car, eating hot chips or being in their school uniform for the first day of school. For me, when I look at the past of when my kids are younger to where they are now, I realise how fast time goes. Now 18, 15 and 13, time has gone so fast. For me, when I look at their sweet little faces from when they were young, it makes me want to take every opportunity to be fully present, to be fully engaged fully present in the moment today. Why? Because I've struggled in this area. I've struggled to be fully present. I've struggled with an undivided heart of attention and I love them and never ever want them to feel neglected. But I think all of us can say there have been many moments we have missed. For me, being disconnected with myself made me disconnected on certain levels with others and this has outcomes, outcomes that have had impact but fortunately God has helped us to restore the impact and bring incredible, supernatural, transformational change. As a family, we came out of hiding and we came to God's table For Mephibosheth hiding, being disconnected resulted in him shuffling and staffering, stammering, not looking at King David in the eye. And these words of Mephibosheth saying, who am I that you would pay attention to a stray dog like me? The result, he was lame not only in his feet, but in his heart, in his mind. Today, God is so present for us, church. His attention is not only on us, but it is perfect. And He is here to call us to His table where He can talk with us and guide us and restore what is lame. Will you bring what is lame in your life to the table of the Lord? Learning to pay attention is difficult for all of us. Do you realise that Harvard did a study and what they found out that 47% of the time they discovered people's minds are not in the same place as their feet are. 47% of the time we are not fully engaged in our conversations. 47% of the time not fully engaged with our families. 47% of the time not fully present and engaged in the moments of our day. One of the biggest enemies, as we all know, of our attention is our mobile phones. 2,600 And 17 times a day, we touch our phones. Can you imagine how dirty they are? 
in those moments with your phone. We're missing the opportunities God is opening right in front of us that we could be engaging in or missing the moments of people that are right in front of us. Don't miss, church, what you have now. Fathers, don't miss what you have right now with your children. Mums, don't miss what you have right now with your children. Can we see what's right in front of us? King David was fully engaged in the moment with Mephibosheth. In 2 Samuel 9 to 13, it says, David then called in Ziba, Saul's right-hand man, and told him everything that belonged to Saul and his family, I've handed over to your master's grandson. You and your sons and your servants will work his land and bring in the produce, provisions for your master's grandson. Mephibosheth himself, master's grandson from now on, will take all his meals at my table. Zeba had 15 sons and 20 servants. All that my master, the king, has ordered his servant, answered Zeba, your servant, I will surely do it. And Mephibosheth ate at David's table, just like one of the royal family. Because of the culture, the fool was no result of his own. Mephibosheth grew up crippled in both feet. Fear, neglect made him hide. But it was now kindness and goodness that pursued him. Grace that sought him. Love that was to carry him. And God made space for him to be fully present. But for Mephibosheth, he had to receive God's kindness and trust. Why is it, do you think, that we aren't often fully present? Why does it feel like sometimes our heart has such an undivided attention? I think there are normal distractions for all of us. But as I thought over my life, it was because I found it hard to trust God with what was lame. Trust God in those areas that a result of my lameness became hidden. In order for us to be fully present, can we surrender the past we cannot change and trust God with a future you cannot control? God is the only one who can make me happy. So I trust Him. This is what I've had to learn, church. I was always in tomorrow. What will tomorrow bring? But God says, today is the day of the Lord. So I had to learn to stop being in tomorrow and learn that God, I could be fully present in my life today, but I had to teach myself because I believe church, that God is the only one who can make me happy. So I put my life into His life. I put my mind into His mind. I put my heart into His hands because He is the only one that I can trust to make me happy. 
He redeems the past church. And because He's good in the future, you can be fully engaged with the person of Jesus Christ who is right in front of you in the present. It takes faith, church, to God, faith in God to engage in His calling. He has right in front of you, church. He has a calling. He has a purpose on your life. It's right in front of you. Will you trust Him and follow Him today? You see, Mephibosheth, he wasn't a distraction. He wasn't a threat. He wasn't an inconvenience. Church today, you are not a distraction to God. You are not an inconvenience. His heart is towards you. He sent His Son to die for you. He loves you, church. Will you receive the calling He has for your life? God, through King David, orchestrated this moment in time with King David and Mephibosheth to reveal His great love for Him and restore everything to Him and to the next generation. For Mephibosheth in verse 12 also had a son and his son was called Micah. And all who were part of Zeba's household were now the servants of Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth, verse 13, he lived in Jerusalem taking all his meals at the king's table and he was lame in both feet. Church, how do we recognise God's answers? How do we recognise when God is bringing the very solution to our lives? Just like this moment with King David and Mephibosheth, it was hard for him to understand that this was a moment that God was gonna restore everything to his life. The moment of uncertainty for us today. How do we recognise when God's answers are right in front of us? You see, fear, culture was what was out of control. It chased Mephibosheth out of the palace, caused him to hide. But it was the Kingdom of God that brought him back in and revealed such love from God that was to come to Him daily consistently come at my table, Mephibosheth. Let us talk. Let us build a relationship. Let me restore. King David reaching out, calling him out of hiding was God's answer. Can we come to the table? Church, can we come to the table? Fathers, can you bring your families to the table? Can we come to the table? Don't miss what you have now pursuing later. At the table, can we bring what has made us lame from the culture of this world and come to the table of the Lord to receive His kindness, to receive His love and His goodness? What is it if we come to the table? What can we expect from the table? You can expect a work of the Holy Spirit. Everything that you can't do, let me tell you, my friends, He can do it. Things may be impossible for man, but nothing is impossible for our God, for those who believe. How do I believe? Come to the table. 
come to the table. What can you expect from the table? Psalm 23, 1 to 6. The Lord is my shepherd. At the table, He's going to feed you. He's going to guide you. He's going to show you how He shields you. He's going to teach you that you're never going to lack when you come to the table with Him daily. He makes me lie down in fresh, tender, green pastures. He leads me besides the still and the restful waters. What can you expect from the table? Refreshment. He refreshes and restores my life, myself. He leads me in the paths of righteousness, not for my earning it, but for His name's sake. It says, Year through, through I walk through the deep, sunless valley of the shadow of death. I will fear or dread no evil. At the table, you are with me. At the table, your rod is there to protect me. At the table, your staff is to guide me and comfort me. Listen to what God says. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My brimming cup runs over just from sitting at the table with you. Surely or only goodness, mercy and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life. And through the length of my days, the house of the Lord and His presence, it shall be my dwelling place today. Can we come to the table to receive from God what He's so willing to give? I want to invite Pastor Carrie to come because she came to the table. Well, I'd love to share a testimony um, from this passage of Scripture um, from 2 Samuel 9, 13. Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem, taking all his meals at the king's table. He was lame in both feet. You see, during the past week, my friends and I were sitting around at the table having coffee and we were talking about this Scripture and we are talking about EHS and feelings and emotions and, and what we were taught as children, what it was like for us. And my response was that I was invisible. You know, at that moment, it was like God just reached within me and pulled that word out. I'd never used that word before to describe what it was like for me growing up. So after this conversation, I went back to God with this word and I asked Him to help me identify the root cause of that word. And as I sat with God over the next few days, through prayer and through a lot of tears, God revealed to me that through a spirit of neglect and rejection, the enemy had actually taken ground to keep me hidden, to keep me invisible. Seated at the king's table, God revealed where I was lame, why there had always been this resistance to fully move in everything that God had for me, why even when I knew that God was speaking to me, I felt a hesitation, why I had been overlooked, And as I pressed further into God, I knew that I had to rebuke this spirit off my life and receive healing. And as I sat with God, He gave me such a beautiful word for me and the church. 
that the unseen would become seen. You see, as a church, we have been faithful, believed God and followed Him without seeing. We trust and love God regardless of what He does or doesn't do. There's no question. But now we are coming into a season of seeing. Seeing what? The manifestation of the power of God on earth. The miracles, the healings, the breakthroughs. That what may seem hidden to many, God will reveal. Then just this last Sunday, as I had conversations with people around me, I started to see and hear how other people are kept hidden, holding back, feeling too shy to come forward, not enough, not wanting to be in the limelight. And here I am in this moment, encouraging people, saying, I will come with you. I will stand with you. I will stay with you. I don't want you to miss out on everything that God has for you. And you want to know something? Me seeing through the hidden in others is evidence that God is healing me. He's given me the eyes to see the unseen. And me standing here and sharing you this with you is enforcing the victory. Because I'm not staying invisible. You know, I'm stepping forward even when I feel uncomfortable and scared. Because I'm taking back the ground that the enemy has stolen from me. And I'm going to continue to declare that he has no ground because the light of God has revealed the truth. I came to the King's table and what I found was kindness. You know, a God who stayed with me, who wanted to restore me back to my true identity. A God who soothed and spoke to my pain with his love. No rejection, no fear. And I know that I'm going to keep coming to God's table because I know God wants to continue to speak to me. And I truly believe that God wants to speak to you too. You know, when we think about Jesus, if there was any moment to not be fully engaged, any time to be consumed with Himself, it was on the cross. Son of God, despised, stripped down, beaten. So he didn't even look like a human being on that cross. Hanging on a cross, nails through his ankles while people were cursing him and spitting on him. And then next to him was a criminal who looked over at Jesus and had a conversation. He said, I have been punished justly for I am getting what I deserve but you have done nothing wrong. Will you remember me when you come into your kingdom? And in His agony, in His torment, in the most painful moment of His life, Jesus looks over to this criminal and says to him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Fully engaged, undivided attention. He's still seeking to show the kindness of His Father. That's Jesus. Today, you can know God's kindness. If you're in this place today or watching online, if you 
don't know what it means to have Jesus in your heart, to have a relationship with Him. He wants to invite you to the table. What's at the table? His salvation, His hope, His peace, and His love that you will never be separated from. And if you're in this place today and you say, Pastor Naomi, I I don't have this relationship with Jesus. I don't know what it means to have Jesus in my heart or to walk with Him. Today, I'm going to give you an opportunity to become fully engaged, fully present in the moment to receive Jesus. And with every eye closed and every head bowed, if you say to me in this place today, you know what, that's me. I want to to pray a prayer because that's what we're going to do. As a church, in a moment, we're going to pray a prayer. I'm not going to make you stand up. I'm not going to make you come out the front. I just want to invite you to take the opportunity to pray a prayer. Pray a prayer that the church is already praying. It's a prayer of salvation. It's a prayer to invite Jesus into your heart. And if you're in this place today and you've never, you've never prayed that prayer, can I ask you with every eye closed and head bowed, could you just raise your hand to indicate me so I can invite you into this prayer today? If you've never prayed the prayer of salvation, As soon as you've put your hand up, you can put it straight back down. Awesome. If you've done this for the first time, if you're watching online, together we're going to pray a prayer. Church, can I ask you to stand with us and let us pray this prayer? Romans 10.9 says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead. You know what the Bible says? This is the truth you will be saved. And so this morning, I want us as a church to pray this prayer together. And if you've never prayed this prayer, I'm gonna invite you to pray along with us this morning. Dear Jesus, I declare that Jesus is Lord. I believe in my heart that God raised Him from the dead. And because of the confession of my faith, according to Your truth, God, I am saved. Amen. Father, I just pray for every person, whether online, watching at a later time, in this room, if you've received Jesus into your heart, Father God, let them know who you are. Reveal the shepherd. Reveal the Father. Reveal your great love to them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We pray that that message was a blessing to you. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, first of all, congratulations. We think that that is incredible. And secondly, if you go to gc.org.au forward slash first steps, our team has put together some resources as well as there's some information there for how you can get in contact with one of our pastors because we'd love to encourage you and connect you into the life of the church.